0: afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. Also, the President of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Bob Lowe, will stop by. And up first in today's country comment, Dan Sawatsky, Keystone Potato Producers, will give us an update on this year's potato crop. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Dan Swatsky. He's the manager of Keystone Potato Producers. Dan gave us an update on this year's potato crop.
1: The harvest is basically wrapped up. I think there's a couple of growers that I noticed are still digging, and hopefully they can get finished in the next day or two. Um, Most producers were finished near the end of the month, end of September, but there were a few that uh, harvested right through till the Thanksgiving weekend. Some chose to delay harvest or take a pause and allow the tubers to bulk a little more.
0: How did the crop turn out? Uh, what kind of yields did we see this year?
1: Well, yields varied a lot uh, certain areas that ran short of water uh, they certainly performed quite a bit poor but it's it's uh, it's a little bit um variable within regions as well. Uh, But basically, the, the Carberry area and the Portage area actually uh, performed quite well. Uh, Winkler and and Carmen, not so, not so good. Although, like I say, there are exceptions within, within all the regions.
0: You talked about a a shortage of potatoes. Can you, can you expand on, you know, what, what was the issue there?
1: Well, we will be short. Uh, There were some growers that met contract uh, volumes, but the majority of them did not. Uh, the you know the crop didn't fare that well given the heat that we experienced through the summer. Thirty six days of of over thirty degree weather actually shortens the season. Potatoes don't perform well if the temperature is above twenty eight or thirty degrees Celsius. So that you know in essence uh, shortened the season. So they just didn't have the time they needed to mature in bulk, and, and that's why some growers actually decided to. Delay harvest a little bit to get that little bit extra yield to to increase the season length.
0: Any issues uh, with with late blight or, or other uh, diseases?
1: No, there's some some early storage issues, black leg, uh, and, and some of these diseases they develop into soft rot in in the storage, and and we have to you know look after those, uh, take them in early, and, and try and minimize the losses. But no late blight, uh, early blight, uh, you know, weren't major concerns at all this year. We we actually had a pretty good growing season. When it's dry like that, the disease pressure is, is lessened.
0: Anything else to mention from the past year? Or?
1: This year, we fared overall a little better than last year. Uh, I think our numbers last year ended up being about 17% short of contract. I expect we'll be somewhere in that 10 to 15% range this year. Uh, so, you know, and, and the processes are looking elsewhere to see if there's supply to bring into the province again. And the only place that seems to have any extra would be eastern uh, the eastern parts of Canada and the U.S.
0: That was Dan Sawatsky, manager of Keystone Potato Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Knute. Keystone Agricultural Producers held its fall advisory council meeting yesterday. In his opening remarks, President Bill Campbell recapped the drought situation.
2: CAP's executive and staff met with provincial and federal decision-makers, including Minister Eichler and Minister Bebold, to share producers' experiences with drought conditions and to advocate for assistance. Programs were soon developed with CAP's feedback, along with other farm groups, to address funding for feed assistance, feed transportation and livestock transportation. CAP is also in discussions with the province as they develop a cow herd rebuilding program under the agri recovery framework.
0: And the fall cattle run continues. Brian Peria is a market analyst with CanFax.
3: So far, it's been pretty moderate, so we can't. Uh you know, where there's a lot of nervousness with all the drought and dryness about how the fall run would go in terms of numbers. But, uh, you know, they, they've been pretty moderate. Uh, still some bigger numbers likely to come later in the month, or early November. On the market side of things, you know, fed cattle prices have been really steady for the last, uh, boy, month or two, uh, kind of in the mid-150s. Uh, and, you know, still a lot of cattle, fed cattle, to work through at, at the time being.
0: That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Knut. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Thursday, October 21st. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the President of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Joining us now is Bob Lowe, President of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, to talk about expanding interest in the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership.
4: I guess the really important thing about it is it gives us access to a whole lot of markets at one time, and it's all based on on science. Uh different words for it but but there's the the way it's set up it's it's science based trade with all with the different countries that are in there. Um it's it's a big block of people or of countries that like a a big economic region I guess. And it's all based on science, which just by being that means that it puts more pressure on other countries to go, you know, particularly the EU, to go with science-based trade as opposed to, I guess, different word might be politically based.
0: And there's been um, uh, interest from other countries in, in joining that, um, United Kingdom, Taiwan, China, and uh, South. Uh, further interest by South Korea. Talk about what that would mean to have, you know, those additional countries join.
4: Well, just great. It's just bigger markets you know we're working on a free trade deal with china if if they're accepting the cptpp they would pretty much in any other you know bilateral trade deals have to go with the same set of criteria that they went through a cptpp and china might not be a good example of that just because they're they're the last ones on the list you know united united kingdom is probably first on the list. Taiwan would be second. Then China and, and South Korea is showing some interest. South Korea would be the interesting one because if we went, if they did join CPTPP, they would have just yet more reason that they'd have to, have to uh, improve our bilateral free trade agreement that we have
5: with South Korea.
0: And overall, um, just talk about that Asian region and, and you know, over the next... Uh... You know twenty five years or so the importance that that region will
4: have Oh well I mean we believe that's the largest potential for beef for growth in beef demand well, you said it over the next twenty five years just because of population and their economies are are getting wealthier um, it's it's there's a lot of people over there and 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 they're getting wealthier all the time and as people have more disposable income, they tend to buy more beef, just for interest sake. From January to August of this year of 2021, the, our exports to CPTPP countries are up 60 percent in volume and 66 percent in value. I mean, it's it's just kind of kind of huge. It's a big deal. It's a big trading block.
0: That was Bob Lowe, president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Golden West reporter Carter Kennington chatted with Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler about a couple of new bills addressing biosecurity.
6: Bill 62, that was the Animal Diseases Amendment Act. And what that does, that addresses the uh, protest and people interfering or interacting with uh, commercial trucks that are transporting animals. Uh, for one reason or another whether they're going from farm to farm or to uh, processing plant whatever the case may be but it's not only about the animal safety it's about human safety as well and putting our drivers that usually are for hire uh, at risk uh, when they have someone obstructing or hindering or stopping a vehicle that's transporting uh, commercial animals so Uh, This came into effect uh, on Saturday, uh, which we're really happy for. The trucking industry is really happy. And, of course, those that want to protect animals are happy. Um, So really good news story about animal safety uh, while still protecting our drivers and and the livestock that's being uh, transported to wherever they may be going.
0: Biosecurity zones. Uh, Can you just uh, talk about what they are and why they matter?
6: Yeah, well, it's really important because, you know, especially the pork sector and the poultry sector, a lot of them, biosecurity is really, really must important uh, so that uh, animals don't come in contact with humans because we can uh, transport disease uh, through interaction. Um, so you've probably seen a number of protesters uh, handing water through holes in the trucks to Uh, water livestock, and who knows what they're giving them. Um, But that animal could then be returned to a farm uh, because there's lots of piglets that get um, moved from place to place and and sheep and calves and all those that that go from farm to farm. But the last thing they want to do is bring a disease home with them. Uh, And in particular, when you think about the uh, porcupine uh, disease uh, in swine, also the African swine fever, Um, We have no idea. So this will give authorities the ability to be able to find folks if they don't respond in a very timely, quick manner to step away from those transport trucks um, that are transporting livestock. So really important that we keep the barriers and keep animals safe and keep keep people safe as well and protect the drivers while doing all those things in tandem.
2: Have we seen
0: a bump in trespassing crimes recently, or has this been something that's sort of been brewing for
2: a while?
6: It's been brewing for a while. We've seen more and more. In fact, now um, that's the other part of Bill 63, the Trespassers Act, where uh, people have to have permission to go onto property, and that's really important as well. Again, coming back to the biosecurity, I know... um, one of my, my, my father-in-law was in their turkey business, and they showered in, they showered out uh, all their facilities to make sure that the uh, any diseases that come on our clothes would be off, and they had another set of clothes they changed into and left the others in a separate part of the, of the building. Uh, so biosecurity is really important, and, of course, a lot of people think because they're a farm family that they can just come on their property and do whatever they want, but in reality... Uh, now it's against the law. So now we're able to put some tools in the toolbox for police informants, and also they could be scouting out the area to see about a break in entry. Uh, I'm not saying that happens, but you know, if there's nobody home and you can go on somebody's property, um, they're going to have a look around and say, well, that looked nice in my yard. Uh, but in the reality, of it is that, that that's their private residence and we don't go into people's homes without permission, so why should they go onto a farm without permission and take that chance of eliminating that family's livelihood by bringing the disease in through no fault of their own? And even for the grain farmers with Club Root and others that, that get transported from visiting one farm to another farm. So really important that we, we understand uh, what these amendments do to protect our farm families and rural Manitobans in general, and keeping the public safe.
0: That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler chatting with reporter Carter Kennington. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings are on now. Go to their website for details. Manitoba Pork is hosting its fall producer meetings virtually October 26th and 27th. To register, email info at manitobapork.com or call the Manitoba Pork Office. And Manitoba Egg X, the province's largest all-breeds cattle show, takes place October 27th to the 30th at the Keystone Centre in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, a grade 11 student at Boisevane School was drawn to receive a purchase voucher from the Canadian Angus Foundation. Grace Glover was one of three Canadian Junior Angus members drawn for a $2,000 heifer voucher. She chatted with reporter Barry Lamb.
7: I joined for Rachel when I was like five or six, and since then I've just kind of carried on with that, and it's led to great opportunities.
5: How many head of cattle do you keep throughout the year? How busy are you with the the cattle?
7: We have about 10 or 20 cows, and then I have a 4-H steer every year, too. What do
5: you like about the beef? Why why do you stay with it? Do you obviously like working with the animals?
7: Yeah, I think it just gets you outside and um, gives me something to do when I'm not busy with hockey, and I have a great, there's a lot of, like, great people in it, and I've met a lot of friends through it.
5: And through the Canadian Angus Foundation, you were one of three recipients of a $2,000 voucher. What will you be using that voucher for?
7: I can spend it on any uh, Angus female, and it can be through private treaty, so I can buy it right from somebody else off their farm, or I can buy it in an auction sale.
5: And what are your plans with the voucher? How quickly will you use it, and how will it fit into your, your herd program that you're trying to run with?
7: Um, I have to spend it by January, so I'll probably buy something from an upcoming sale, and then that female will stay in my herd for a long time.
5: How nice to win the the voucher.
7: Yeah, it's a great opportunity.
5: Where will beef fit into your life down the road? Do you expect to keep with the cattle for quite a few years? Do you like that rural setting, or do you know where you'll be ending up down the road?
7: Yeah, I think when I grow up, I want to be a farmer for sure.
5: And as far as making that purchase of of the heifer, uh, is that something you do online or how will you actually make, make the buy?
7: Um, I'm hoping to go to an in-person sale this year, but you never know with COVID. It could be online in the end.
5: The fact you're in that draw, is, is Angus your bloodline with your herd? or, or uh, And if so, why do you like that breed?
7: Uh, yes, it is. Um, it's good to have a purebred herd, and I think that being in that association has... I've met a lot of people through it, so, yeah.
5: And day in, day out, just talk about your involvement with the cattle and how busy they keep you on the farm there, Grace.
7: Yeah, so I have to do my chores every morning and every night, and then a couple times a year we'll go out to a show and have some fun.
5: And AgX is coming up. Is that the type of show you'll be uh, involved with, or do you just stay away from those bigger shows?
7: Yep, we'll go to AgX and Winter Fair and some of those shows in Manitoba, and then we also go out of the province a couple times a year, too.
5: Well, your, your breeding herd is one thing. Going to shows is, is a bit of another. Uh, what do you like about going to the shows?
7: Um, it has more of a youth-like uh, environment, so I have a lot of my friends that are there, and it's lots of fun.
0: That was Grace Glover, a grade 11 student at Boiseveen School, chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. Grace was one of three Canadian Junior Angus members drawn for a $2,000 heifer voucher from the Canadian Angus Foundation. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Numbers during the fall cattle run have been moderate. That according to Brian Peria, market analyst with CanFax.
3: On the calf and feeder side of it, uh, you know, just sort of the the flat uh, fed cattle market, um, and these bigger volumes picking up uh, and, and seeing cattle on feed numbers well above a year ago. Um, you are certainly seeing some softness on the calves, especially coming off over the last few weeks. You know, lots of these calves trading closer to that kind of 210 on steers and heifers way well back of that. Uh, you know, some of the heifers or a lot of heifers dropping into the 170s, uh, you know, with these high feed costs uh canadian dollars kind of creeping up to 81 cents and uh yeah uh, some feedlots need to move fats just to, to make room for these calves so seeing some pressure uh which is kind of fairly seasonal for this time of year
0: and keystone agricultural producers provided an update to farmers during the group's fall advisory council meeting held virtually yesterday in his opening remarks president bill campbell commented on the next agricultural policy framework
2: cap has been involved at every opportunity Throughout the year, both levels of government have consulted with CAP regarding the next policy framework. As these discussions' progress, CAP continues to highlight the need for business risk management programs that support producers, the role of producers as environmental stewards, economic development, and public trust in agriculture.
0: I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knut. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about seed availability for next year. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.